the podcast of Lifehouse Church Adelaide. We hope that this message inspires you. To find out more about our church, our locations, or our teams, head to lifehouse.global. Now, enjoy this message from one of our amazing teams. Yeah, my name's Vanessa. I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. Yeah, December 3rd. Anyone here actually finished their Christmas shopping? (gasps) If you have, can you stand up, please? Because these people deserve a round of applause. Like, for me, you guys are goals, really, honestly. But for the rest of us, I think I need to pray. Lord God, I just pray that um, just the revelation of the time of this season, God, I just pray that if there's any anxiety right now, any stress, any comparison, any feeling of what we don't have, God, I just pray for that to be gone in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for your peace to come upon us, Lord, to know that we have more time. And at the end of the day, what is the most important thing is to be present with our families is to be there with our families. The thing that's most important to you, God, is people. And I pray that that doesn't, that's always our focus, Lord. These other things are amazing and great, but God, I just pray that that stays our focus during this season. In the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. I hope that just cut any anxiety, any stress, because we don't need to do it. We don't need to lean into it. Anyway, this morning I'm going to be um, talking about two sisters in the Bible, um, Mary and Martha, or Martha and Mary. And I'm actually going to look at, there's actually quite a few stories about them in Scripture, and I actually want to go through three of those stories, because I think it's really important to get like a bigger view of Martha and Mary, not just one story. And now if you have been in church for a while, you probably have a bit of an understanding of the story of Martha and Mary. And yeah, I just, I want you to be open that God can speak different things through the stories, even though you've heard it maybe quite a few times before. I just wanted to remind you that God can reveal more through his word than what you already know. See, when I was researching the story of Martha and Mary, I actually ended up doing a four-day Bible study on it. And I ended up looking at other people's narratives and did a bunch of research, went online, looked at a bunch of like people's perspectives on this story as well. And, you know, I got a little bit overwhelmed by it. And then I just sat back and went, hey, God, what do I see? What what do I see in this story? And I'm actually going to give you the four things that I kind of saw in this story right now. See, as a speaker, as a communicator, you don't do that. You normally do that at the end because it's like giving the plot of the movie away. It's like, hey, oh, cool, I know what I, uh, yep, great, oop, got all the points, I can just leave now. But I'm actually trusting that you guys are going to stick around and stay, you know, hang out here for a little bit longer and not, not leave this place. So the four things, well, sorry, before I get into that, the reason I want to frame it this way is because we all have... I think heard the story, well not all of us, sorry, majority of us have heard the story before. But the four things that I saw in this story was number one, was Martha and Mary were both believers in Jesus, but they had different giftings and they saw their responsibilities to Jesus differently. The second thing is they both had faith in Jesus, 
but they didn't understand the full power of Jesus. But I don't know if we can totally comprehend his power this side of eternity. The third thing was learning how to be present in the moment, but have faith for the future changes our perspective. And the last thing I saw was Jesus has the power to raise people from the dead and also change us so that we can be peacemakers and love, the peop- love people the way that he did. So the first story I want to share this morning is in Luke chapter 10, 38 to 42. And it says it's at the home of Martha and Mary. So we're going to pop it up on the screen. I'm going to read it from the screen. Awesome. It says this, As Jesus and the disciples continued on the way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, it seems unfair to me that my sister just sits here while I do all the work. Tell her to come and help me. The Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Now, the four-day Bible plan that I did on Martha and Mary was actually only that scripture. (laughs) And it was literally that scripture and then other scriptures added to it. And look, it was beneficial, but this isn't the whole story of Martha and Mary. This is one part of it. Could you imagine having a really unflattering story about yourself put in scripture and then have for years and years and years people read it and pull it apart? (laughs) Like, oh, you know, one narrative, it kind of felt like there was team Martha and team Mary and Jesus was team Mary and that we're not supposed to be like Martha. We're more, we need to be more like Mary. And I can see maybe that comparison came because Martha was comparing herself to a sister and maybe that's kind of created the, created the way we kind of look at this scripture as well. You know, we compare Mary and Martha, Martha and Mary... Maybe it's because Martha took her eyes off what she was doing and again, yeah, compared herself with her sister. But I don't don't think this is why, what we're meant to be bringing out of this. I think it does show that the most important thing for us to be is in the presence of God, to be at the feet of Jesus. But I I don't know, like, is there an in-between Mary and Martha where we're constantly at the feet of Jesus but also doing the stuff? Like, I looked at it and I went, you know, I would see it as the Marthy way of life. That's Mary and Martha together. It's like the perfect balance between, you know, being at the feet of Jesus, but also doing things as well. But look, if, you've, if you actually have that in your life, honestly, come to me after the service and pray for me. Lay your hands on me. I'd love to have that. But I honestly don't think it exists. I think we're constantly always having to balance this tension you know when I read this story I actually start thinking of Christmas day like I think of all the preparations that we need to make for Christmas and I think of you know the Christmas lunch and just how quickly it actually goes by you know you wake up and depending on the situation you know um if you've got kids or grandkids you know they open their presents they're excited about the presents And then you may come to church. As Pastor Tim said, we're going to have church online. So if you're hosting Christmas, you can put church on for everybody that's coming along to Christmas. 
you know, but it's hard to sit in the moment on Christmas Day because there is so much going on. You know, there could be anxiety, there could be sadness, there could be other emotions, other feelings, other situations that are happening and it's really hard to actually just be present even when you're coming to church, a place where you're positioning yourself to be at the feet of Jesus. You know, even in our everyday life, like right now, you might be listening to me and or your mind might be somewhere else. You know, you might be here present in the moment going, God, hey, I need you to speak. God, I want to learn about you. God, or you may be actually thinking about lunch. You know, we can get distracted and we can busy ourselves even though we are sitting in the place of the house of God. You know, I look at this story and I'm like, you know, Martha was a woman of faith who showed hospitality. And when she had an issue, she actually took it to Jesus. She's like, hey, my sister's being lazy (laughs) in her perspective. And hey, mate, we don't know any more of the story in this anyway. But I'm like, even though she did call Mary out in front of everybody, she still went to Jesus with her issue. She still spoke to him about the things that were frustrating him. And not only that, when he corrected her, she listened. You know, I look at Mary and I I believe Mary understood the moment that she was in. And she decided to be present in that moment with Jesus. You know, even when she was criticized by her sister, called out by her sister. And you know... The time with Jesus, she saw it as that most important thing and Jesus agreed that she made the right decision. Now that's the first story. Mary and Martha actually had a brother named Lazarus. And I'm going to shorten this next passage of scripture for you because it's John 1 verse 1 to 44. That's a lot of scripture. (laughs) All right, so we're going to start at John 11 verse 1 and it says this. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha, who we were talking about. This is Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. It's a bit of a spoiler about the next story I'm going to tell. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory for this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Now, I was thinking about that in our own walks. You know, it's not that Jesus doesn't hear you. It's not that God doesn't hear you, but maybe his timing is not the same timing that you have. Maybe if when you prayed for that thing to happen the way and it happened, you wouldn't actually give God the glory for it. Like, I just, yeah, I just sat on that for a little bit and I'm like, wow, like there's certain things I'm praying for in life, but I know if I received them when I first started praying for them, he may not have got the glory for it. I might have put it on my own merit. So I'm grateful that God hears me, God sees me, but it's his timing when he outworks an answer to prayer. I'm going to jump to verse 7. No, yeah, no. I'm going to jump to, skip to verse 17 because from verses 7 to 17, it's the disciples and Jesus having a conversation together. And hey, if you want to look it up, go for it. 
um, is just not relevant to what it is that I want to be speaking about right now. So skipping to verse 17, it says, When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was actually only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and Jerusalem is where Jesus was. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else is rising. Oh, sorry, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep, so they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up in him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But someone said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone roll across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. The one that said, hey, you know, if you ask God, God will do it. She says, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that, uh, didn't I tell you that you would see the glor God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up at the heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Now, as I was going through this story, I just thought about, you know, we, we know the ending of this. We know that Jesus raises their brother from the dead. Four days he was in the grave and he raises them from the dead. But in the moment when Martha and Mary are interacting with Jesus, they have no idea this is going to happen. Because if you look at Martha's response, she understands, but she doesn't quite understand the power of God, the resurrection power of God. And I thought, you know, she's sitting, these women are sitting in a place of grief and loss and they're talking to the one person that could have completely changed it. The one person that if he had been there, they believed this never would have happened. 
like, I, I don't know, I kind of find that quite confronting. You know, how crushing and how devastating that you knew Jesus could change the outcome and now you're having a conversation with him. Sometimes it's hard and I think sometimes in our lives when we pray and we don't see the outcome we thought, we find it hard to trust God and lean back into him and have the conversation with him. You know, we can pull ourselves away from God a little bit more because we're like, it didn't play out the way that I thought it was going to play out or, you know, my prayer just didn't get answered the way I thought it would be answered. And that's painful and that's hard. But I want to encourage all of us to keep pressing into him. In those times where it's not how you thought it was going to be, just keep pressing into him. Keep pressing into Jesus. He's still there. He still hears you. He still loves you. Just keep pressing into him. You know, these sisters didn't quite understand the power of God. And like I said, I don't think we can fully comprehend it this side of eternity, but we can experience it. We can allow God to do things in our life with his power. You know, I really want to encourage us as a church. You know, we can position ourselves in church and the word of God and in worship and in communities of people that have witnessed the power of God. And, you know, that encourages us. You know, that when we are with people and we see the power of God moving, our expectation of what Jesus can do, it increases. I want to encourage us this morning that, you know, when we ask you guys to put your praise reports or your prayer reports down. I'm going to focus on the praise reports. You know, this stirs the faith of those sitting next to you. When God has done something in your life, something incredible, it doesn't have to be this week. It could have been years ago. But that, when we share that, we can see the power of God moving in other people's lives. And it is so important because it stirs up our faith and our expectation of what God can do. You know, I think about like the stories of Jesus and Jesus spitting in the dirt and grabbing that dirt and rubbing it on the eyes of someone who's blind and then they can see. You know, we, we kind of sometimes can't relate with that, but we can relate with somebody whose marriage was on the end of breaking down and then Jesus came and brought res- restoration. We can relate to people who have had anger and unforgiveness in their heart and God came and brought peace and healing into that situation. We can relate with people who were sick and are now well. We can relate with people that are going through struggles but have peace that's beyond that situation. You know, come on church, we need to be praising God for the things he's doing, celebrating, sharing with people because it encourages our faith and our expectation gets bigger of what God can do, what the power of God can do. Don't underestimate salvation as well. Like I truly believe that salvation is a miracle. When people get saved, we do celebrate it because it is a miracle because like what we're taught and what Jesus teaches is so different. You know, the incredible miracle that happens at salvation, we need to be celebrating that as well. You know, the last story that I want to share with you today is in John 12. And the context of this story is it's not long before Jesus is going to the cross for our sins. And it says, six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honour. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume 
made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, The perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Things are always going to be happening. People are always going to have needs. We're always going to have responsibilities. There's always going to be situations. But when we understand that we can come to the feet of Jesus and then we can tackle our day, then we can fulfill the needs that we need to fulfill, I think it's incredibly powerful and it changes our perspective. You know, I look at this story and I'm like, Martha served the Lord. She prepared a feast and she worked hard. Mary honoured the Lord. To wipe her hair on his feet was such an extravagant expression of worship. Lazarus listened to the Lord. You know, he was a walking miracle that brought glory to God. Everyone knew that Jesus had actually raised him from the dead. But there seemed to be this harmony when they didn't try to be someone that they weren't. When they worked in their giftings, when they accepted each other for who they are, And what an incredible story to see these three people sitting around a table. God restored that family. You think about it. God restored that family. He brought Lazarus back from the dead. It's incredible. And if God restored that family, then God can bring restoration to our families. Come on, these stories are here to stir our faith and make us believe that God can do the things that he says that he can do, that God is a restorer, that he's a healer. Oh, God is just so good that he can bring peace in chaos, that he can heal broken hearts, he can ease anxiety and so much more. You know, there's so much that can be unpacked in this story, but I just don't want us to compare Mary and Martha because they were both so faithful. They both expressed to Jesus in different ways. And I don't want us to compare ourselves with others. You know, what has God positioned in your life? You know, what are your giftings? Because we all have giftings. We all have things that we can give to the Lord. There's different ways that we express it. But what has God put in your hands? And even for Christmas coming up, Excellence isn't extravagance. Excellence is what you have, doing the best with what you have. But always be reminded that it's people that God loves first. All the stuff, all the preparations, you know, the busyness that's coming in this season. You know, I actually want to just spend some time. I just want you guys to close your eyes just where you are, just where you're seated. Because I think it is important that we take some time just to sit here at the feet of Jesus. You know, you may not know him, you may not have experienced him this morning uh, at all in your life. But this morning, why don't you take an opportunity to ask him to show himself to you? For you to experience his goodness, his grace and his kindness. You know, this season might be a season that's amazing for you or it might be really complicated. You might have to spend time at Christmas with people that actually call you out in front of other family members and embarrass you. 
you know, or criticize you like Mary was criticized or your faith in Jesus is criticized by those around you. You might be stressed out right now from all the work that you need to get done. At Christmas time, you might have to sit across from your Judas, a person that's betrayed you and hurt you deeply. Someone who creates family drama and gossip. Or Christmas might be hard because you don't have anybody there with you. And if that's true, come and see us. We want you to be in family. You know, you may have lost loved ones this year and Christmas is going to be hard without them. You might be facing financial challenges, mental health challenges. You might have anger or hatred towards a family member. You may have family challenges that cause anxiety or stress. Or like I said, you might be so excited about Christmas. Regardless of where you're at and what you're experiencing and what this time of year means to you, we all need to sit at the feet of Jesus. Because when we spend time in his presence and remind ourselves of his goodness and what he did for us, all the rest of the stuff, we tackle it differently. We see it differently. So I'm just going to get the team to sing over over us. And I just want to encourage you, just lean into him right now because his peace is here for you. Thank you so much for tuning in to that amazing message from our team here at Lifehouse Church in Adelaide. To find out more or to submit a prayer request or connect with us as a church, simply head to lifehouse.global. God bless.